Coming at you from Studio 306D in the heart of the Mizzou campus, this is Mizzou, Our Time to Podcast, your source for the voices of the Mizzou, Our Time to Lead campaign. My name is Dan Zai. I work in the Office of Advancement, and I'm joined by my colleague today, Rachel Newman. Rachel, how's it going? Hi. Hi, everyone. It's doing so well, Dan. Just um, happy to be inside today on this cold April day, but doing great. Yeah. It is. It's a chilly April day. Spring break is over, but it kind of feels like we got <laughs> back to winter with an Easter snowstorm in Columbia. Exactly. Unexpected. Um, but we're getting used to it. Apparently another one's on its way for Friday and Sunday. So yes, spring is delayed around here. <laughs> Keep the snow shovel handy. Yeah, we will. Yep. Well, uh, yeah, spring break. Uh, it, it's good to see activity back on campus after spring break. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of activity from Mizzou students during spring break, too, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest pride points for Mizzou is we have the largest student alternative break program in the country. So we um, had hundreds of students serving across the country and across the world last week doing service projects for their spring breaks. Um, so I know one of my coworkers was down actually in the Dominican Republic with a group of uh, Mizzou students um, running some camps down there um, to promote um, English language learning for the most part is, is what I think she was telling me. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. And we have a big event coming up this weekend on Sunday. Yes, yes we do, Dan. Um, so this Sunday is the School of Music groundbreaking ceremony, actually. So this has been a long time coming. Um, it will be this Sunday at 3 o'clock in Stotler Lounge in Memorial Union. Um, so we will bring the outside in for the groundbreaking ceremony, yeah. I hear, um, thanks to the snow and the forecast. So be on the lookout for things to come from that, too. Yeah, it's exciting to see the beginning of the new School of Music building yes. uh, happening. It's uh, caused to celebrate. Yes. On today's episode, we learn about the Brady and Ann Deaton Institute for University Leadership in International Development here at Mizzou. Uh, Our Chancellor Emeritus, Dr. Brady Deaton, and his wife, Dr. Ann Deaton, have established this institute, which uh, supports and develops interdisciplinary research and applied programs focused on food security and the needs of developing countries with the aim of eliminating extreme poverty. Uh, part of uh, this program, which is already having a global impact, is a really unique and exciting scholars program. And I had the chance today to speak with one of the Deaton scholars. I think you'll find our conversation to be uh, fascinating to hear the kind of impact that our graduate students and undergrads are already making around the world. Hello, and welcome back to Mizzou, Our Time to Podcast. I am here with a Deaton scholar, Summer Higdon, from the Brady and Ann Deaton Institute for University Leadership and International Development. Uh, good afternoon, Summer. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for being here. It's good to have, a, have you with us. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to Mizzou. Uh, where are you from? Originally, I'm from North Carolina, right outside of Charlotte. Okay. Um, and I did my undergrad at North Carolina State University in wildlife biology and international studies. Um, and then I ended up coming to Mizzou to go to grad school. So currently I'm a second year master's student in the School of Natural Resources. Good, good. And how did Mizzou come to your radar screen when you're at NC State? Well, it actually didn't while I was at NC State, but okay. generally in the wildlife field, uh, you after you finish your undergrad, you work for a couple of years and get some experience in research before going to grad school. And so that's what I was doing when I found out about Mizzou and about the advisor that I'm working with now. 
I see. Good. Was that also in North Carolina where you were doing that work? I worked at Virginia Tech for a year, and then okay. I actually came to Mizzou to work on a couple of research projects for about a year before I started grad school. Good, good. Well, welcome to the Midwest. Thank and, you. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you arrived uh, arrived here. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Deaton Institute. What is the Deaton Institute, and how did you get involved in it here? So the Deaton Institute was created by Ann and Brady Deaton. Um, they have... So uh, Brady Deaton is a former chancellor of Mizzou, and uh, he and his wife Ann have a strong passion for um, eliminating some of the biggest issues that humans are facing in the world, and so two of those would be extreme poverty and food insecurity. And so they created the Deaton Institute to sort of start addressing those issues um, in the context of Mizzou and mm -hmm. seeing what we can do here as students and faculty and administrators to help address those huge problems. Um, and so I became involved through the Deaton Scholars Program, which is sort of the student arm of the Deaton Institute. And uh, it's still relatively new. Um, I was in the, I think, the third cohort of students, and it's a okay. semester-long program. Um, so you come in at the beginning of the semester and it's open to anyone, um, to undergrads and graduate students. And you get placed into groups and then you spend the semester um, being exposed to different facets of food insecurity and extreme poverty and then developing a um, kind of a proposal um, that you then pitch at the end of the semester uh, to get seed money basically to actually do your project. The purpose of the project is to um, get you thinking about how you and a small group of people, usually you're either partnered with one other person or you're in a group of three, okay. um, and so your group sort of thinks about how you can use all of your expertise um, to address these issues of food insecurity and extreme poverty. Um, and so there are some, at the end of the semester, three projects get funded, and okay. so there are some really cool ideas that we've learned about. Yeah. And so those groups are pretty interdisciplinary then, I assume that you're choosing from, uh, that they're putting those groups together from different different disciplines? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. so because anyone can apply and be a part of the Deaton Scholars Program, it's a very interdisciplinary group, which is one of the coolest things about it, I think, um, because Ann and Brady believe strongly that no matter what your background is or what your expertise is, you can play a role in mm -hmm. addressing some of these huge global issues. and so. Um, it, they purposefully place you with people that are quite different from you so that you have to do some brainstorming and thinking about how you can work together on the same project. Good, good. Well, talk a little bit about the importance of relieving extreme poverty and uh, meeting the challenges of food insecurity to someone like me who understands that those are important issues but hasn't worked on them the same way that you and your colleagues have. Uh, why is this important? Uh, well, I mean, if you think about hunger it might not be something that if you're not food insecure you don't think about it on a daily basis mm -hmm. um, but basically food insecurity is just um, lacking access to um, not only the appropriate caloric intake but also nutritional intake mm -hmm. um, and so maybe you have enough calories to eat but it's not the right um, type of food so you're not getting all the nutrients that you need um, that would also be considered food insecure um, okay. And the reason it's important and it's such a big issue is because it actually impacts people globally, including here in the U.S. and even in Columbia, Missouri. Um, and so if you're not thinking about it on a daily basis, um, 
it can kind of just fly under the radar and you can just sort of ignore it. But um, it's important because it affects all of us, uh, no matter where your community is based. And so we need to start working on these issues. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the impacts that you've seen from that proposal and that project that you worked on? Well, for me, um, I worked on a project. I was with two other grad students, and we decided to propose a project that was in Colombia um, because the seed grant is not a huge amount, so we knew it'd be hard to travel or do something abroad. Um, so we focused in Colombia, and it really gave us the opportunity to learn more about the city that we're living in for now. Um, you know, we're all grad students, so we may not stay here when we graduate. Yeah, uh-huh. um, we might, but uh, so it was really cool to be able to just learn about the government, the structure of the city, and then and identify people who, theoretically, if we were to get the seed grant, who we could partner with, um, and how we could sort of fuse all of our expertise together um, to address hunger here in Colombia. Mm-hmm. So you were planning how you would work with the city government. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we were specifically looking at um, vacant lots in Colombia, which are. Oh, um, mm-hmm just not being maintained basically and yeah. uh, so we we thought it would be cool to um, do a survey of people that live in those neighborhoods where there are more vacant lots and figure out what they'd like to see done if anything with those lots and one of the options that's specifically related to food insecurity would be planting community gardens yeah so we did not get the seed grant because other amazing ideas got the seed grant um, sure, sure. and everyone proposed really cool ideas um, but for us, it was really neat to just be able to work through what what we could each bring to the table um, and figure out how we could address something right here in our own community. Yeah, definitely. And those ideas are on paper and they can be used when the time is right. That's right. In yeah. the future. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Uh, talk a little bit about your mentor in the Deaton Institute. Who is that and how has that mentor been important to your work? So I had, um, instead of having a mentor, because I was paired with two other grad students, we ended up just being kind of a group of sort of peer mentors. Um, So instead Mm of uh, one person being a mentor and one a mentee, we were all sort of providing each other with new information and learning from one another. Um, And so I was partnered with two grad students and one uh, had expertise in the geography department and so he was really good with like working with maps and stuff the other Mm -hmm. one was in agricultural economics I think okay yeah Mm -hmm. Um, so he was uh, really good with kind of understanding how if we were to get the seed grant how we could evaluate um, people's incomes and link that to their opinions about how they wanted to use those vacant lots Um, so it was pretty cool to get to just talk to people that I wouldn't normally run into being in grad school you just you get to talk with the people that are kind of in your cohort within your department um, yeah it can be kind of easy to keep your head down sometimes exactly so it was really cool to just be able to see what other people are doing for their own research and then also to um, see how we could work together yeah I can see that would be rewarding definitely yeah good well what are your uh, personal research interests and how has this uh, opportunity with Institute uh, work together with those? My current project is actually not very related to food security at all, but in the future I'm hoping to sort of move that direction. Yeah. Um, so I study wildlife biology and my current project 
I'm funded by the Arkansas Game and Fish um, Department, and we, I'm working down in North Central Arkansas and Ozark National Forest to um, evaluate eastern spotted skunk um, habitat selection and home range dynamics. And so basically I was down there trying to see if there was a population of eastern spotted skunks, which is a rare species of skunk, um, to see if there was a population down there and if there was where they were hanging out and spending time. Um, and so this is a very like uh, straightforward sort of ecological question that gets asked about a lot of different wildlife species. Mm -hmm. um, and so biologists just go out in the field and use different methods to um, answer those questions. So that's what I was doing. Yeah, for like tagging them and tracking them and that kind of thing? Yeah, that kind okay. of thing. Um, moving forward, I'm still interested in uh, wildlife movement and wildlife mm -hmm. behavior, but I'm more interested in the context of an agricultural setting. Um, so managing wildlife is directly related to how we manage the land. Definitely. Um, uh -huh. So whether it's forested or open um, and how we manage those spaces directly impacts what species we're going to find there. And putting agriculture on land is an, just another land use that can affect whether wildlife can use that land. And so I'm mm -hmm. really interested in that interaction and uh, seeing if we can't make agriculture more available to wildlife without um, them, you know, eating <laughs> the food or something like that yeah, that a farmer's yeah. trying to sell. Um, so I'm interested in moving that direction in the future. So being in the Dean Scholars Program has helped me kind of start thinking about those questions. Yeah, those things tie together. Mm -hmm. You said it was a rare species. It has to be rare because I only think of skunks with stripes. I don't think of skunks <laughs> with spots. Yep, exactly. That's yeah. what everyone knows the striped skunk. But. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's good to see that those that those connections are are there. What kind of career goals does that open up specifically? Is it wildlife management with a with a state agency that kind of thing? Yeah, so a lot of it, it's really broad. Actually, I have a lot of options, yeah. um, and I've been toying with some different ones. Um, so I'm I'm planning to get a PhD, and so I'd like to stay in research. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of research done through state agencies, so that would be one option. Um, and same thing with a federal agency like the Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, but I'm more interested in, I think, staying in academia. So I don't really know. I, I don't think I necessarily want to be a professor. So mm -hmm. that kind of limits my options, I guess. But I'd, I'd love to stay in research in some capacity. And I've been toying with the idea of um, working for an NGO or something like that and um, being able to uh, be within an organization whose beliefs that align with mine as far as how wildlife should be managed, um, but also be able to be doing um, research and outreach in the context of this kind of wildlife movement, agricultural landscape. Yeah. One thing that I've been struck with about the Deaton Institute is its international reach and its involvement with NGOs and, and really uh, experts from around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, have you gotten that kind of exposure and, and participation in the work that you've done? As far as getting international experiences, yeah, or, or meeting with scholars uh, from from other places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, there were several international um, students that were part of the Deaton Scholars Program, and they're interested in it because they do plan to go back home and um, take their degrees with them. And yeah, so that's really cool. Um, and yeah, I think Mizzou does a great job of, in general, of uh, providing international opportunities. So that's not necessarily something that. I would expect to get in any graduate program, but I've I have the opportunity to go to Brazil through um, a 
fellowship that's offered through the College of mm. Agriculture um, and Natural Resources. So um, I feel really lucky to be able to do that. And having gone through the Dean Scholars Program, I'm planning on not only conducting the research project there that I have proposed, but I can also talk with people there about um, agriculture and just kind of the same questions that I've been thinking about and asking here. Yeah. What are, what are the, uh, the biggest similarities or differences between the research that you do in a context like that in Brazil and what you do here? So in Brazil, I'm going down and I'm actually partnering with a lab group down there um, to work on an animal called the tyra, which is a it's a mesocarnivore, which just means it's a medium-sized mammalian carnivore, and it, it kind of looks like a big weasel if you look up a picture of it. All um, right. And we just don't know that much about it, and so this lab group had done a huge camera survey. Um, so they put out camera traps, which are motion-activated. When an animal walks in front of it, you get pictures. And um, they've done this huge camera survey throughout the state of Sao Paulo, and I'll be helping analyze some data related to the Tyra. And so that exact method is something that I've been using here to study the eastern spotted skunk. Um, so it's something that I'm able to take that I already know how to do, that I'm able to go down there and um, just analyze some data sort of just in a different context, in a different place. Yeah. But it's really the same method, so. Yeah, well it's exciting to be able to have that experience and, and to see how that, uh, see how that compares. Definitely. Um, is there anything else that you would say to our listeners to help them understand the, uh, the value of the experiences that you've gotten here through the Deaton Scholars Program and, and through uh, your research aside from that? Yeah, I guess I, I didn't really, in the field of wildlife biology, you kind of, you search for a, an advisor that's doing research that you're interested in, and uh -huh. sometimes the institution itself is less important, so um, I just feel really lucky that I was able to not only find an advisor that I match well with, but also be in an institution that has so many opportunities for me to grow outside of just what I'm doing for my research. Um, so the Deaton Scholars Program was one of those experiences. And like I mentioned with the international experience, it's not a guarantee at every institution that those types of opportunities are available to graduate students. So I feel really lucky that I was able to um, be a part of the Deaton Scholars Program and that I'm able to meet people outside of my own field because I think that really, um, that really will help for the future because so much research is leaning more towards interdisciplinary teams and trying to address these big issues on an interdisciplinary um, level because there's so many facets to things like food insecurity. Um, so, yeah. Sure, yeah, and so here in the middle of the state, in the middle of the continent, it's still a good place to be deployed to uh, to be sent elsewhere and, and have uh, have your research horizons broadened. That's, Absolutely. that's something we can uh, really be, uh, be proud of at Mizzou. Mm -hmm. Uh, what uh, can our listeners do if they want to learn more about the Deaton Institute? Uh, anything they can do to, to get involved? Sure. Um, so there, we do have a website, um, and the Deaton Scholars Program, which again is a, the student arm of the Deaton Institute, has its own website as well that uh, should be live very soon, if not already. Um, and there you can actually read the proposals that students have put in, um, even if they weren't funded. So you can see the kinds of things that I'm talking about with these interdisciplinary teams mm -hmm. and um, coming up with solutions that address many different issues from different angles. Um, so that's one way. The Dean Institute and the Deaton Scholars Program also each have Facebook pages, and the Deaton Institute has a Twitter page. 
So you can follow all of those and get updates on what's going on. Awesome, good, good. Uh, well, we always ask our guests a couple of questions we call the lightning round, uh, okay. just to just to try to, to to get your sense of what your experience has been at, at Mizzou. What's your favorite place to hang out in Columbia? Ooh, in Columbia. When you're out of the lab or out of the yeah. the, the field. I really like going to Uprise Bakery. That's mm-hmm. where I just came from. <laughs> so, oh, good, good. Uh, I love getting. I love that you can go there in the morning and get coffee, or at night and get wine, and so it's really nice. That's a good combination. Yeah, I've I have some friends who do a lot of work there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what uh, What is one thing? Ha- not as a Missouri native, what has surprised you most about living in Missouri and living in Columbia? I love the fact that uh, there's so much to do just right outside of the city. Um, so like Rockbridge Memorial State Park, for example, is such a great place to go hiking. And it there's is, yeah. Mark Twain National Forest. I love getting the fact that it seems like you can just drive in any direction for 15 minutes or so and it feels like you're out of town, um, which is so great because I I was raised in Charlotte, went to school in Raleigh, so I I was worried that it'd be too small, but I actually yeah. love the size of Columbia. So I'm, I was really excited and pleased when, once I moved here and got the hang of it so. yeah yeah definitely I, I think we uh we have the best of both worlds in a lot of ways in Absolutely. Columbia. Yep. Yeah. well summer higdon uh thank you so much uh thank you for your time today we wish you uh continued success we wish continued success to uh, the brady and ann deaton institute for university leadership and international development uh you've helped us to unpack just through your own experiences and your own story uh the difference that it makes to support research that's interdisciplinary and that has a real global impact. And uh, we're proud of uh, you and your colleagues and the the work you're doing here at Mizzou that's going to have that kind of impact. Thanks again. Thank you. Welcome back to Studio 306D. Before we wrap up, we want to give you a couple of quick plugs. As Summer mentioned, if you want to learn more about the Deaton Institute, you can find uh, their website as well as the Deaton Scholars website. You can also find them on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in learning more about giving in Mizzou, you can visit our website at giving.missouri.edu, or if you want to go straight to GiveDirect, you can visit mizzougivedirect.missouri.edu. If you want to learn more about MAA, the Mizzou Alumni Association, you can visit mizzou.com and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be back soon with another episode. As always, we welcome your comments, your questions, and suggestions. You can contact us on social media or email us. Thank you for listening to Mizzou, our time to podcast. M-I-Z. Z-O-U.